G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, and welcome to another discussion with G'day to Ian Swain. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Juan Walker of Walkabout Cultural Adventures in North Queensland, which of course is my birth state. I'm going to let Juan explain his unique experiences he creates to you all, but I want to start by saying Juan and his experiences are totally authentic to the area he lives in, and where he lives is the near the, old, near the oldest living rainforest in the world, the Daintree National Park. His people are the Kuku Yalanji. One describes it as, my country, the Kuku Yalanji country is family, culture, and identity. The trees of the rainforest, the rocks of the riverbeds, and the reefs of the sea were all formed by our ancestors who continue to live in land, water, and the sky. It is filled with connections to human, wildlife, and plants all speaking language and folk following law. Country is loved and cared for, and country loves and cares for her people in turn. Country is self. I know from the reports our clients relate to me, they find his way of explaining his culture and surrounding area simply amazing. So Juan, welcome, and it's great to see you today, and thanks for sharing your time with me. All right, thanks for having me. Juan, can you please take a moment or so, in your words, to explain the cultural experiences that you do for our viewers? Yeah, sure. So um, basically, um, I started Walkabout Cultural Adventures a number of years ago just to try and give people an insight into, um, you know, our lifestyles up here, um, how we grew up, um, you know, being connected to nature, but also having that nice big extended family. So. Um, it's, it's more of a, a personal journey for us um, when we pick people up to yeah, just give them an insight into, you know, um, the, the way we live up here and, and the importance of, you know, being in touch with nature, but also, you know, being close to family and everything around you. So Juan, can you just walk me through a typical cultural tour that you do? What would happen during the day from the start of the trip until the end of the trip? Yeah, sure. So we pick up normally um, from Port Douglas, Mosman and Daintree. And once we have all of our guests on board, um, first of all, we'd like to um, do a bit of history. So we'll take them up to either Daintree or Mosman to um, either one of the communities. And we'll explain a bit about, you know, how the people live traditionally. So where the camps were, um, a bit about the birthing and the placenta hanging and those sort of things to connect the children to the land up there. And then, the, of course, the changes. So um, when they were removed from the forest and taken to the reserves and mission, and you know, lifestyles changed. So having to wear clothes, um, made to work for local farmers and settlers as um, servants and um, cheap labor, um, or slavery back then, pretty much. And then of course the changes. So then when the law changed and we became human beings, how you know that adjustment um, from that old way of living to modern way of living, and then of course. Um, you know, my father's generation and my generation of how we've adapted to living um, in, you know, the, the modern world um, with technology changes, other influences, um, you know, um, alcohol and other stuff like that. So we do all of those, the, the um, history of our people and, and the area. And then once we've done that, so people get a better understanding of why we're the way we are, then we head out and we show them the stuff that we still remember. So we'll head in, into the beaches. Um, do some stuff on the coast, medicine, 
bush foods and the, the beach um, habitats. Then we'll grab some spears and we'll take them for a walk into some um, mango habitat, looking for the different shellfish and of course mud crabs and whatever else is there to be found. Once we've done that, we'll stop and have some lunch. Um, normally we'll have a picnic lunch for them on a full day. Um, so we'll have some nuts and damper, muffins and fruit um, and some fresh water. Once we've had lunch, then we head up into the rainforest and finish with a beautiful rainforest walk, going through the different um, resources in the rainforest from tools to make boomerangs, um, different stone tools, um, bush medicine, of course, up in the rainforest, and then finish off before we head back home with a freshwater swim. So guests get to do rub, wash all of the bug spray and sweat and mud off from the mangroves so they're nice and fresh before they get home for dinner. Right, now, what type of physical ability is required for the interactive tours that you just told us about? Yeah, with um, physical ability, you don't, um, you know, we, we cater for all physical abilities and ages. Um, if, if people want to get, um, you know, right into it, then they have to be a little more um, active and a little, um, you know, to, to access mangrove habitats and things like that, they've got to be a little more um, flexible at moving around. But um, on general tours, um, it's, it's nice and easy. We, we get people out of the cars and we take them for short walks and we really try and get them touching, feeling, um, and, and just experiencing um, what, what nature can give to you if you um, take the time to sit back and look and, and, and learn. Um, so, yeah, um, we've taken children from, you know, two, three-year-olds out on tours, and we've taken um, elderly people out. I've had an 86-year-old lady come out with me, and, um, you know, she stuck with me all day. Um, we didn't get right deep into the mangoes. We walked along the edges so we could explain about those amazing habitats and the resources we get out of them. But yeah, she was happy to give everything a shot. Now you mentioned families, and I know that we've sent many, many families your way, and the parents love the interaction you and your guides have with their kids. Can you share some more of the authentic activities the family travellers have on your tours? Yeah, well, it's all about that grounding, um, you know, grounding and connection. Um, connecting to nature, first of all, if you can connect with nature, you know, it slows you down and it and it's um, a really good way to sort of um, just calm, calm your, your, your mind and your spirit and everything else, but also a bit more understanding of nature. And once you, you understand that and you can calm down, then you can connect those people again. And I think that's really important for families, especially with little kids. Um, they seem to learn better when they're in touch with nature. If they're on, on country or, you know, anywhere, it doesn't matter if they're on my country or in their own country or, you know, in a different place, if they're in nature, they can actually connect. And once you get that connection and that uh, calming down of your, your spirit, then yeah, it's much easier to to um, connect with other people. I know you. Love one. Yeah, I know you get out in the mudflats and the mangroves, and and you at times teach people how to use the, the spears like your ancestors did to catch the crabs. Is that something you share with the the travellers and particularly the kids? Yeah, it's always, that's probably the fun part of the day, getting the spears out and having a spear throw. Um, everyone likes to give it a shot and they, people get get a bit competitive as well. Um, so it's always a lot of fun out there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great way to, you know, learn about those um, traditional food um, collecting techniques and what there is available. Um, a lot of people don't realise how much there actually is out there. Um, not just in the mangroves along the coast, but also in the rainforest. Um, 
know, here we're very lucky, we're very spoiled in that we have, you know, the rainforest, so much resource, fresh water everywhere, hundreds of thousands of different plant species, nuts and berries and fruits. Um, and then we have the estuaries with the different shellfish and fish species, of course. And then, of course, out on the coast here, you've got all your beach shellfish and then the Great Barrier Reef, which is walking distance from here. So, yeah, we're, we're very, very spoiled people. And I think that's um, probably the biggest thing is understanding what's actually around you. Um, and once you, you know, teach people those sort of things, they find an interest and they want to go home and learn what's around them as well. Right, and that sort of comes back to that saying or your, your, your statements you, you gave to me, um, country is loved and cared for and country loves and cares for her people in return. It, the country looks after you as you look after the country. I think that's the message that uh, you and your people are, are, are prophesizing out there. Well, I know this is difficult to do in a short time, but please explain some of the Aboriginal culture and their deep connection with country and share some family stories about their connection to their ancestors and the land. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're all connected to land, to country. Um, no matter who you are, where you're from, you know, if, if you don't look after it, we're all gone as well. Um, it provides everything for us. Fresh air, first of all, water. Um, you know, it's, it, the, the basics of living is on, on land. So it's, you know, very important for us not to try and control it um, and take over it. Our job is to look after it and maintain it so that other generations and other life can, you know, can sustain and on land and on country. Um, and you know, that's, that's just something that, you know, I've been teaching for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, not just our people, but indigenous people around the world. Um, you know, we all believe that we've come from a place, we belong to it. So as humans, you know, the, supposedly the strongest and smartest um, beings in the world, um, our job is not to control it, our job is to manage it, to use it, but not to destroy it, to use it for you know positive ways um, to survive, but also to put back. So whenever you take something, you should always put something back so it can it can it can sustain. Um, and then, you know, with, with our connection to land, um, you know, I didn't have it happen to me, but you know, my grandparents they were both born up in the bush, and a really special connection they had with country was when they were born, their placentas were put back on country, and so with their placentas being on land they belong to that place. So, you know, their, their role um, as humans growing up because they're connected to their ears to look after it. And so because I missed out on that, you know, I spent time with my grandmother learning a bit of those stories on how that all, all happened. So I've got, done the same thing with my kids. When my kids are born, you know, I brought their placentas back from, their, um, from the hospital and then I've picked places on country for their placentas to be hung. So they are all connected to this place now. So hopefully we can bring those sorts of things back to you know, give children a, a more responsibility to look after this land and look after this region. So you're custodians of the land. That's basically it. The how how, how old do you start teaching the children? And is it, is it you, the parents, that teach the children of the history, or is it the grandparents that tell the history? Oh, everyone now. Um, back in the day, you know, you'd have grandparents pretty much all teaching stories at night around fires and sitting with the kids and teaching all the, the, you know, the stronger belief sort of systems. But because, you know, of time, they have school nowadays, you know, um, time restraints. Um, everyone teaches them. I teach as much as I can, as much as I've been taught. Um, and then whenever I see dad, 
or you know, mum or any of the uncles and aunties. I try and get them to sit with the kids and teach them their little bits and pieces as well. So they're learning from everyone. So we still have that close, strong family ties and community, but it's all about you know sharing the knowledge and making sure we don't lose what we still have. Do you teach them other areas? I mean, your people are the Kukiyalanji. There's other ones around the country, obviously. Do you teach them their history as well, or is it just your own history that you're teaching? I primarily focus on Yalanji country and Yalanji history because that's where we are, that's who we are. Um, but when I hear little things and pieces, um, you know, I tr always try and remember bits and pieces because traditionally knowledge was shared between different peoples as well. Um, so when you learn little bits and pieces, it's always good to remember those things because it can help you adapt and change to, you know, changes in environment, changes in um, habitat, lifestyles. So it's always good to remember those things to, to share. Um, so whenever there are little changes, you know, you have a bit of information to try and adapt. What do you see as being the most positive impact that Walkabout Cultural Adventures has on travellers as well as the local community? Yeah, I think um, being a small business, you know, it's helped me employ a number of um, young Aboriginal fellows from the area. Um, so employment is a good thing. It's probably positive in the local community. But um, it's also allowed me to start teaching language at school now. So um, I teach Googie Yalanji at the primary school on Thursdays. And that's broken down a lot of, um, you know, I wouldn't say barriers, but a lot of uh, misconceptions of Aboriginal people and Aboriginal languages just locally in the primary school. And I think you've got to start with the young ones because that's when, you know, bad things can be taught to kids. So by starting with those little ones, it's, it's really good for, for them all to get along at school. Internationally, I think when most people come on tour, they're just amazed at our knowledge still of how to use land, of how to survive on country, how to use different things in, in here in you know Google LNG areas, but also um, how recent um, the changes were. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that he's telling me is that it's only you know my grandparents' generation when people were being still removed from the forest. Well, when you're a true storyteller, there's no question about that. And, and that's why our clients love it when you take them on tour, because the whole day is just a story. But, and I love that. But can you share how the local community has come together to support one another during this lockdown time? Yeah, so with this COVID-19, it's been pretty hard with, with everyone up here. Um, just stopped all business activity. But locally, I think we're really lucky where we live. Um, as you can see, you know, I've got this beautiful background behind me, but we have plenty of space. So the lockdown hasn't meant that we've had to lock up inside and stay inside. We've been really fortunate here that, you know, we can go to a beach and we won't see anyone for over a kilometre. So, you know, we can go for a walk with the kids. Um, we can still go for a mud crab and go for fish. Um, so we've been really lucky and everyone here is very happy to share. You know, if we catch more than we need, I'll pop around to my neighbours and drop off crabs and shellfish and fish and other things like that so and they've baked bread for us and cakes and other things like that so we've been all yeah we've been very lucky up here in, in the sense of where we live and just how um relaxed and um giving everyone is in the local area how big is the community up there the yalanji people oh yalanji mob the aboriginal population is around two and a half thousand three thousand people but quite spread out from Port Douglas through to Cooktown. Um, so about a 400 kilometre stretch. Um, but the general community that I live in, Kuya Beach, 
you've probably got around four or five hundred people living down on the beach down here at Kew Beach. Okay. Well, one, I can't wait to visit with you again in North Queensland and you can reteach me how to handle that spear while in the mangroves because I didn't do a good job of it last time. But I really appreciate you sharing your time, some of your stories, the history of your people and how you do care for the land. And we really appreciate what you're doing for the land. And I wish you well and um, be safe and well and, and your community the same. No worries. Thanks, Ian. And um, anytime, mate, you want to come up and have a bit of a break, yeah, feel free to come up. And any of your staff as well, if they wanted to get, you know, once the travel restrictions open up and they want to get out and experience what we do up here, more than welcome. Thanks, mate. Good to see you again. Bye. You too, Ian. Cheers, all.